the World Health Organization actually defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not nearly the not merely the absence of disease. So that's the first reason why health is absolutely involves making people feel better, and but it's functioning better too. Welcome to the Aesthetics Mastery Show. I'm Dr. Tim Pierce. Hi, I'm Miranda Pierce. And today, off the back of these complex guidelines on when we can open and what kind of procedures we can do, we're going to talk about what makes a procedure medical versus cosmetic. It cuts right to the heart of how our industry works and how it's judged and seen by the external people who make decisions for us. And so I thought it was worth diving into how you can be more medical in your practice as a clinician and what it is that makes the difference between cosmetic and non-cosmetic work. So this has all come about because in England, it's different in the other UK countries and definitely elsewhere in the world, post-COVID, we are no longer in lockdown and we've all been trying to decide, can we go back to work? Because Boris, our Prime Minister, did not list us in the industries that can or can't go back. But in that list was beauty therapists who couldn't go back, but healthcare could. So then it's this kind of like identity crisis almost, you know, are we healthcare? What do you think? Well, it'll be funny if you're watching this uh, in America or uh, in Australia, I think it would be clear that, I think it's clearer there that you wouldn't even be asking yourself the question, am I a beauty salon? Because you wouldn't be, you'd be a clinic. Um, and the, the reason it's different here is because we have this lack of regulation. But for other parts of the world, it'd be really clear. Um, but then the, the question that follows on from that is, well, what is the actual difference? You know, is there a difference? Does it matter who's holding the needle um, in terms of how the, what the procedure is? And um, it's all the stuff surrounding that procedure and why the decision is made and how the guidance is given that makes it into a medical procedure. Now, the complication risks are also there because I know a lot of people will be hearing, well, you're injecting someone's artery near someone's arteries and nerves. And, and absolutely, there's a massive increase in risk between things we do, uh, particularly with injectables and other procedures that could be done in the same environment that are beauty treatments. Um, so risk is one element, but actually there's a more important philosophical bit, uh, which is around, is this procedure actually improving the health of the patient? And that's where clinicians should be making the decisions around that outcome. Um, and that's what's, what's worth trying to figure out. How do we make sure we're doing that? What questions can you ask? How can you differentiate yourself essentially from a purely cosmetic procedure? In real practical terms, how do you assure yourself that you are medical with the questions you ask, for example? Well, the, the outcome of a, if you're making a decision from a clinical perspective, so you're saying, I'm a healthcare professional, I'm, I'm making things that I'm justifying this treatment for a health outcome. The health outcomes are around how you how you function in your life. They aren't purely about do you like the look that you're achieving. So um, I think it'd be quite hard to make the argument that you know a tattoo on your neck is a, is going to make you a healthier individual. For example, now the person might really like it and feel happier with it, but how do you justify the that they are actually functioning better? I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it's really, really hard. How can we say if a treatment is for health reasons? So the interesting thing that confuses people about this is that you can, particularly where there's no regulation, you could do the same procedure, but one would be for health reasons, one would not. And that I think what people sometimes get confused by is they think 
um, that the risk itself is what makes it a, a procedure. So if this gets, if if I can cause a serious outcome from this, a negative outcome or a complication, that is what makes it a a health procedure. But it's actually not like that. That is why you need someone who is validated to do that procedure. But it's not quite the same thing as as a, a as doing it for medical or for health reasons. Health reasons, if you're doing it for those reasons, you need to be able to justify that the patient's life is going to be better because of the procedure. There needs to be some sort of process where you're making the decision, this, the, the decision with the patient that something in their life will be so meaningfully different that they will function better. Essentially, that's it. So uh, the World Health Organization actually defines health as a state of complete physical mental and social well-being and not nearly the not merely the absence of disease so that's the first reason why health is absolutely involves making people feel better and but it's functioning better too so uh, it's probably best if i give an actual story so i do have permission from the patient to uh, to, to share this story which was someone who had a damage to her nose from a cocaine addiction this this um damage represented shame to her so she couldn't function in her normal life so she would want to you know take the kids to school or go all the normal stuff that people do and it would it would prohibit her from doing that by fixing the little imperfection because it wasn't particularly big but by fixing it it freed her to go and do those things so that would be a really good example of someone who had a an improvement to their to their their functioning of their life their health in other words their social and emotional well-being um, but it's much more practical than just feeling good about it. So many people will have a procedure and, and say, oh, I just really like that. I feel better. But unless you've got some reasoning why they're functioning better, um, it could be argued that that was purely cosmetic. Okay. Okay. So go back. I'm sorry. I don't really understand the tattoo example. Is it because the tattooist isn't a medical professional and therefore they don't take well-being into account during the consultation? Well, a, a tattooist has no obligation to to see if this procedure will actually make the person right. function better in society. Like, I mean, tattoo is a good example because often you could argue that the tattoo makes people function worse in society. If you tattoo a snake on someone's forehead, it might affect their ability to get a job. So that would be an example where it's actually not the tattooist's responsibility. Whereas a medical professional, it's clearly, it is officially your responsibility to make sure that the work that you do makes people function better mm. and we're regulated to make sure we're doing that this is one of the things i think is lost in our in the whole debate in our industry because people go on about complications that's a really good reason why you want a healthcare professional to do it but really it's the system that is helping that, that is making sure that the treatment is actually going to make you better so we're looking for specific things in the patient's life that are better i can you know an example would be now i can take selfies without worrying about it i can my wedding photos um i don't have to worry about being seen from the side i feel more confident i'm more self-possessed i'm communicating with people better because i'm no longer constantly having intrusive thoughts about them looking at me from a different angle there are a million different ways to do it and i think actually the most patients if you talk to them in depth they often that most of them will probably have a really good reason why this procedure is valid. There are very few people who flippantly, for no particular deep reason, get stabbed in the face. Mm. Like it's painful. It must be making a significant difference. The job of of a health of a clinician is to make sure it's making the difference that they want, that they really want, and that you agree it's in their best interest. Because there are also times where people are doing it for the wrong reasons, and it doesn't actually make them happy, doesn't make them function better. But the procedure might look great. And that's where it gets really even more interesting. But the key in this day and age 
if you're justifying your procedures, particularly if you're justifying opening, you need to justify that you're doing procedures in the patient's best interest. And even better if you can validate that somehow. How could you do that? So there are these questionnaires that you can do. They're sort of patient happiness satisfaction questionnaires. Um, there are cosmetic procedure screening questionnaire that you can that you can get. I'm going to link some of those in the uh, in some resources. So we'll do a summary of this podcast with the take home points and some links to some resources that might help you. But essentially, you're looking for anything that, uh, particularly the psychological assessment tools, where you can you can show that the that the the procedure is at the reason the patient is having the treatment is a significant problem for them and that you can solve that problem. That's what we're looking for. At least you may not, it's not necessary that you always solve the problem because no medical treatment solves, always solves every problem, but that there's a good justification with a fair bet that it's going to improve the problem um, is what you're looking for. And most of them are going to be psychological because although um, I've even had debates with dermatologists who say things like we are not psychiatrists um, that might be true if you've got something like acne to treat because you can say the problem is there's a functional problem with the physiology of the skin but anything that has a cosmetic component you need to have to to a degree be interested in the psychology of the patient um, to make sure that the that you're actually improving their health mentally and not making it worse or making no difference at all. What about uh, taking myself as an example so I have had lots of syringes of filler, not not since January. But I I think if I'd never come across this industry, then maybe I would have different expectations about what was possible. But now that I know that, you know, lovely subtle results that totally enhance my well-being are possible, then when they run out, it does play on my mind. I'm like, oh, like several times a day, noticing in the mirror, you know, a particular line or whatever. And that plays on my mind. And I, I do think it's my well-being. I get the well-being by having that topped up. But my question is like, if I hadn't, I don't know, do you know what I mean? It's like, if I hadn't had that, would... Well, the, it needs to have been something, and I remember your first your first foray into this, that wasn't, it was, it was pure, also about what you'd noticed that was changing and getting mm. you down. It wasn't a purely like, oh, I might as well, I work here. Yeah. In fact, it was years before you even had a treatment. Yeah. You know, seven or eight years. Um, so... Something happen. Something should happen where you're, um, you feel it creating friction in your life. Um, you're not, and it can be as subtle as I don't feel self possessed. I'm self conscious. That makes me speak up less, or it might it may, makes me just think things when I should be thinking about something else. Um, some sort of difference in how you're functioning because of that of, of something that's changing. And I think a lot of the stuff is, you know, it is. It's often f- unconscious until you ask people about it. So if one of the questions I often ask patients is when do you notice the problem? And that's quite often in the morning when they're when they're putting the makeup on. And then how does that affect you? And they will often say, Well, I, you know, I, I feel stressed in that in that process. I don't enjoy it. I used to enjoy it. Now it's a downside. And when I leave, I'm constantly trying to check my makeup again to try and cover the little lines or because the whatever the makeup gets in the creases and all these little stories hint at a friction that the problem is causing in their lives. Um, that if you can remove becomes a, a justification that they're actually functioning better. Now it, it is subtle. Some of it, some of it's you know huge, like the the, the example of the nose. Um, that was causing complete coming to a halt of that of normal life. Um, and those are the more obvious ones. And obviously, the more subtle it gets, the more you might want to basically talk more and make sure you've got a good justification. Mm. It's worth knowing that most patients won't actually know what it is that they're trying to get away from until you, artic- until you ask them to articulate it. 
um, it's always it's always there, but it's never been said to themselves. So they just think, oh, I'll just have my lips done. Why? Like, what's made you think it? What was the process you went on? And you will f- more often than not, nine out of ten times, maybe maybe eight out of ten times for lips. Um, there's something, there's some sort of friction point um, for most of them. So I don't like smiling because my top lip disappears is pretty common. So I, I don't smile, and then I've got no pictures of me mm. smiling. Um, or pictures of me with my kids. Yeah, that's 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 a, that's a more concrete one. What I love looking for is something really concrete that we can aim for because this is the ultimate reassurance that you're actually making a, a benefit to their health. Is you make I often make it part of the deal of the of the consultation. If I do this procedure for you, will you promise to get some pictures taken done with your kids? We had a great one for the Doctor Sim Live, um, and I've got I've seen the pictures that made me really happy because you're like, yep, closed loop. That life is different because of the procedure that we did. And there's no argument about that. Um, and that's what you need to look for. The stage beneath that are called level four of the consultation, which is um, it's not practical. It's not as clearly practical, but they will tell you that they feel differently throughout the different parts of their life. Yeah. So I'm happier every day. Um, I feel more confident. I feel like people are engaging with me more. I feel a bit more able to speak up. But what they haven't got is the there's a specific moment which happened because this procedure allowed it. So photographs with the family, um, going out for dinner for with someone you haven't been for years because you're worried about people seeing you in the restaurant. All of those um, really concrete outcomes are great to look for. And you become part of that story. I mean, I've, I collect them now. I've got loads of those stories of people doing things they would never have done had they not had the right procedure at the right time. So that's what we're looking for. So what do you think? If you've got any cases where you know you've made a real difference to patients' lives, if you can make them unidentifiable or get permission, it would be lovely if you share them in the comments. Um, But otherwise, um, what have you taken from this episode? Is there anything you disagree with? Let us know in the comments. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And don't forget to download those resources, which are linked down below. Take care. Bye-bye.